You're listening to an episode of Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, the podcast dedicated to honest conversations with educators about what they do and, more importantly, who they are. I'm your host, John LeMay, and I'm here to highlight the complex and rich lives led by teachers with diverse interests, identities, and stories. Hello, thanks for joining me for another episode. This week's episode is a first for the podcast as it features my first conversation with more than one person. This week I'm speaking with Brian and Marielle Kalnan. Brian recently became an instructional technology specialist after spending several years as a math teacher, and Marielle recently became a fifth grade teacher after spending several years as a middle school special education teacher. As you may have guessed, in addition to being talented and thoughtful educators, Brian and Marielle are married. We talk about what it's been like for the two of them being a family of educators and how becoming parents has affected their teaching. We discuss their experiences of recently transitioning to new roles in their respective schools, and they share the story of how they met and started dating. I sincerely hope you enjoy the conversation. If you do, be sure to rate and review the podcast and share it with a friend who might enjoy it as well. And as always, if you have any recommendations for future guests, please get in touch with us on Facebook or email us at welcome to the teachers lounge at gmail.com. With all that said, please enjoy my conversation with the Kalnins. Hey, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, John, how are you? Good, thanks. And uh, Marielle, welcome to the podcast. Hi, John, excited to be here. Yeah, so um, obviously I will have said this already um, on the on the podcast, but this is a very much a first, I think, for, for all of us. I've only ever interviewed one person at a time, so I appreciate the two of you um, allowing me to sort of experiment uh, on, on the two of you, and uh, we'll kind of navigate this this project together, so I'm very excited. Yeah, Sounds let's good. do it. Awesome. So um, I will begin, as I usually do, um, by asking both of you uh, to think back to your respective first day of schools. Um, so I'd like you guys to think about uh, just your first day of full-time teaching, however you might identify that. Uh, I'm curious about what you remember, sort of large takeaways, the way that you felt, um, sort of how successful you felt that that first day went. So I guess we'll start with you, uh, Brian. Tell me about your, your first day of school. Uh, yeah, I, I remember it pretty vividly. Um, uh, first day of school, uh, get there. Was, uh, I was teaching three different courses. I had... Uh, uh, calculus honors was was period one. That's, that was the first thing, and uh, I think most new math teachers don't get to teach calculus right away. Right. Um, I was I was kind of lucky in the sense that uh, my department head th- said, you know, you're you're most recently in calculus out of anyone in this department, so you're going to be best at that. Um, right. And, and so that's I, what and you you were happy to have been given a calculus. Yeah, I was I was thrilled. Um, yeah, I had that. I'd, uh, I actually had a physics class, which I was woefully um, underqualified to teach <laughs> um, and a uh, and a, a couple of algebra one classes, which were uh, freshmen. Uh, but calculus was it was period one. It was the first day. And I just what I most vividly remember is just calling roll that first that first class. And mm-hmm. I think there were probably 12 kids in the class. I, I could probably still name them all right now. Right. Um, and just nailing those first names felt great. And, and just <laughs> getting that that first impression. But I, I was young. I was still 20, uh, 21 uh, mm-hmm. the first wow. day I was teaching. And so these were high school seniors that were you know, some of them were 
turning 18 soon. So, I mean, there was yeah. not much of an age gap there. Uh, that was that was a little weird at first, and I, I definitely had some some getting used to navigating that whole dynamic. Um, but that's the most vivid memory I think I have from my first day is just really just reading the names and kind of introducing myself and meeting them for the first time. And it, the rest of it was a complete blur. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you, do you have a sense of like at the end of the day, I know you said it's a blur, but do you, would you imagine like that at the end of the day, you kind of walked out being like, oh yeah, like I totally nailed this. Like this is going to be easy. Or do you, (laughs) did you have a sense of like, wow, what the hell have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Um, Probably a little of both. Uh, yeah. Like, like, wow, that was it. But then also, like, well, where do we, where do we go from here? Um, right. You know, I, I was not an education major, so mm-hmm. I really had very, uh, basically, no formal training yeah. uh, prior to this. And so, yeah, just just going into it, um, I remember my my throat hurt uh, just from talking all day. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, so that and and just being tired, but yeah, probably not sure about what was going to happen next, but probably felt okay about it um, sure because th- sure. there were no major issues so right and here you are now and right yeah still going strong right um mario i'd love to hear about your uh, your first day as well sure um i feel like uh mine was a complete blur because uh thinking back i cannot really remember any specific details i think about that first day um i was teaching uh seventh grade as a special educator and so um i had maybe 17 or 18 students on my caseload and was um i guess those that first day was trying to figure out my place in it all and so wanting to kind of um assert myself as like an important member of the teaching team and wanting my the general general ed teachers to feel supported by my uh position and not quite understanding what that meant um and then also wanting to get to know my students and the other students uh so as to not kind of set my students apart. I, right, right. So it was a lot of um, just kind of navigating my new position and how yeah. I could best kind of serve all of the people that I worked kind of right. with and for in that position. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're probably juggling a lot of different things on those for, on that first day. Yeah. E- even on the first day, right? <laughs> there are so many different things you kind of have to like keep on the air, keep in the air. Yeah. Uh, whereas with Brian, you're just talking about limits and... Uh, derivatives just talking about <laughs> okay you, you, you can tell how i feel i actually i should be careful because you're the first uh you're the first math teacher that we've had on the podcast yeah. so i really it's, need it's to an honor make sure that i don't alienate the uh <laughs> the, math, the math folks in the audience um uh so i would love to go um back uh well i guess yeah back a little bit um to when each of you sort of decided that you wanted to be uh, a teacher, like the moment when it made sense that this would be the life that you would commit yourself to um, and sort of the moment when you realized this, this would be something you'd be doing for, for a very long time. Um, Brian, we'll start with you uh, again. Um, I, I guess it was always kind of a thought, but pretty late on in the game was when I really got uh, dedicated to it. Um, as I said, I was uh, not an education major. In, in college, I was a... Um, uh, math major, economics minor, didn't take any education courses, tutored a whole bunch, uh, and enjoyed kind of that uh, one-on-one or two-on-one small small dynamic there, and always had 
great teachers and had considered teaching, but uh, wasn't really sure with you know what I wanted to do with a career. Just wanted something to do with math, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, fortunately through uh, some some really pe- uh, close people to me, they kind of helped find that direction for me and um, gave it a shot. And and one of the defining things for me was actually um, a place that, you know, we know you through was uh, Phillips Exeter. Um, mm-hmm. And I applied for the uh, summer teaching internship program, um, which is going to be the uh, summer after I graduated. So I'd already taken a job in teaching for the fall, but still hadn't had the experience. And I, I worked um, with uh, Chris Jones, who's an amazing math teacher, uh, mm-hmm. works in New York, and uh, he was my mentor for that summer and just loved it. It was such yeah. a great experience. And even though I I did middle school in the summer and wasn't going to be doing middle school uh, ever, um, it, it just, it was such a profound experience. I knew at that point, like, this is definitely the right call. I definitely yeah. want to be in education. Um, yeah, that that was that was when I really knew that I had want, that I was going to do it, even though I had already made, I guess, plans to do it. Right. Well, I guess it's really good that it, it worked out because <laughs> if it hadn't, you would have definitely found yourself like really. That would have been a uh, really interesting first year. Then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or at least like a really tough like two weeks in between yes. Exeter ending and, yeah. and your semester. Uh, total, total crisis of faith would have would have uh, ensued. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I mean, it is a great opportunity. Um, just like the, the, the teaching internship program there, because it really gives people an opportunity to like figure out in a pretty controlled, mm-hmm. not low stakes, but lower stakes environment, as to whether or not like they could actually see themselves doing it, um, doing it full time. Yes. Did you find that the transition from the internship into teaching full time was like a pretty smooth transition? Like, did you feel pretty well prepared for it? Um, I, I felt very well prepared. I mean, it was a very different environment. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, uh, Exeter um, is a certain certain type of uh, student that that attends there, and I was going to uh, um, a public school in Massachusetts, um, where the uh, there are other other challenges uh, that present themselves there, and so I felt I think I felt prepared in my my level of confidence. Yeah. Um, you know one one uh, one thing that um, that I think was just really important for me was just knowing that it was something I could be successful at. Right. Um, and I, I had a little taste of that in the summer. And so going in, uh, starting in the fall, I said, you know what, even when on days that are tough, we're just going to kind of go through and, um, and I'll, I'll feel something eventually I'll feel some, some more success eventually and, and, and ultimately did. And so that's, that I think was the main benefit that I got out of it. I felt yeah. more, much more comfortable standing up in front of the class, talking with students, talking with parents, because I had had some experience, at least yeah. at least even a little bit before. Yeah. Just having that experience under your belt was probably huge. Yes, exactly. Like that small taste of success. Exactly. Um, what about what about for you, Mario? What about the moment where you felt like uh, <laughs> you really want, you knew that you wanted to be a teacher or at least wanted to try your hand at education? Um... This is going back. Like forever, I feel really? like I was like born as a teacher. Um, I yeah. loved school growing up. Every little thing about it. Um, I played school when I got home. Um, mm-hmm. When I babysat my cousins, I brought 
lessons and crafts <laughs> and uh, my poor cousins. Oh, they, they loved it. <laughs> they loved it. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I've, uh, I was really lucky to be really close with a lot of my cousins growing up, and I was the older cousin um, on both sides. And so I feel like I've just always kind of had little ones under my wing, I guess. Um, and yeah. so it has always felt natural and has been such a positive experience um and then going to school and having um just loving learning and the environment I think uh it's I never I don't think I ever really truly considered anything else I just um really feel like it's my passion to teach you were made for it (laughs) yeah so, so when people would ask you, like, what you wanted to be, like, when you grow up or, or whatever, like, or whatever that version of that question, did you always say, like, I want to be a teacher? Yep. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, so did you, when you were in college, like, did you actually study education? I did. And did you, like, okay, so you, like, yeah. really hit the ground running. So, at, um, at Providence, it was, um, if you went in for elementary education, it was a dual certification program with special education. So, mm-hmm. um, and a pretty intense program because of the, you know, double uh, major. So, um, you know, starting off in college, just doing practicum work already in year one, I felt like um, the program really prepared me quite a bit and um, and just gave me just a broad range of experiences in special education and general yeah. ed and different populations and different areas and um, just continue to, I guess, challenge me and excite me. So, Was there ever a moment when you sort of questioned whether or not you wanted to like really commit to being a teacher? I don't remember. I don't any. think so. Yeah. Really? Wow. <laughs> there. I mean, I guess there were always, you know, there's always challenging times and even mm-hmm. in my career, just being, you know, 11 years or so, like there's definitely been moments of like not feeling so hot about whatever is challenge is, is there, but, uh, never to the point of not wanting to. Yeah. Or really like exploring other avenues. Right. Right. Did you start teaching, um, like right out of college or out of grad school uh right out of college and then um did my master's um while working that the those first four years did you feel pretty prepared for like the transition into being on your own in the classroom um I did but it was um because I got the job in special education it was um those you know so I've worked in special education for 10 years and now this last past year and starting this year have been in general education. And, uh, I started in middle school and, um, have been, uh, working in inclusion the whole time. And so, um, didn't really have kind of the, on my own for a while. Cause I was, yeah. um, always, um, working in and with other teachers, mm-hmm. um, which was a really amazing experience. I worked with a lot of really awesome teachers and I feel like um the transition to general education was um I guess as successful as I feel like it was because of the experience that I had those first 10 years yeah Um, that makes sense yeah it like equipped you very well to make that that switch yeah that's awesome 
Um, so let's go back even um, even farther. Um, I would love to hear about what each of you were like as as students. Um, and at some point, I do want to ask about how you two met. I don't know how long you two have been together. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm curious if I'm getting into that territory yeah. in terms of what you two sure. were like as students. But so we, we'll, we met oh, as ahead, students yeah. uh, okay, in perfect. high school. Perfect. We were uh, 15 and... Uh, well, probably met at 14. Yeah, right? yeah. And... Um, so if I were to ask you what you what you were like as students, your first both of your characterizations would of course begin with madly in love. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> nothing has changed. Right, right, right. Uh, sorry, what, what were you saying, Mario? No, so uh, yeah, I guess we just met in our high school classrooms. We had a few classes together that year, and um, I I guess in terms of what kind of student I am, uh, very studious, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I think in in some ways we're very similar students. In other ways, we're very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both were very interested in school. Both enjoyed learning. Yeah. Um, but Marielle was a far better student than I was because gotcha. she would study a lot better. And but I only studied better because I had to. Whereas Brian <laughs> would sit there and just listen to information and it's sure. completely committed to memory. And I, on the other hand, would sit next to him furiously taking notes in right. whatever class we were in <laughs> and looking over and seeing his blank notebook and becoming increasingly <laughs> frustrated with that. And then would need to, you know, review those notes several times, uh, yeah. you know, but. As you can tell, this has clearly not been a point of contention for right. the past 16 years. Obviously, obviously. So what, what I'm, I'm picturing it, was it the kind of thing where like you would be like studying for a math test and Brian would be like, oh, you don't have to study for that. Like, let's go do something else. And... Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Or just, you know, I'd be studying and he'd be doing something and I'm like, are you ever going to study or, <laughs> sure. you know. Um, sure. But yeah, I guess we both really liked the learning process though so it you know yeah we, we we took school very seriously i mean we were i mean i'd, I'd characterize myself as kind of a typical nerd um and uh and ju- judging on mario's nod she would as well yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yep and I, I i think i might have said i was a nerd i don't know why i used the yeah. past tense uh sure. <laughs> that that was my mistake i still am today yeah um, but so did you did you two like did you interact with like your teachers sort of in very similar ways or did you have like similar like quality of relationships with your teachers? I think I am, Brian is far more confident in, um, so probably had a more kind of open, I guess, relationship. Um, and I was far more, and probably still am, but a, uh, more timid in terms of just being unsure of my own abilities or place or... Sure, like you're standing um, with people. Yeah, yeah. And so... Didn't really want to uh, ruffle feathers, or you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was in theater in, in high school, and so I, you know, one of one of our English teachers was also the the theater director, and so right. one of my closer relationships was with him. And um, as a as a math and science guy, one of my closest relationships was with, with an English teacher, and that that just kind of broadened, I guess, where I felt comfortable in the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just because it was kind of based in theater, that I guess that social aspect of it, that that confidence, like Marielle said, I yeah, I did did feel very comfortable and 
we had some really awesome teachers at our school who were really committed to, to all students and, and, and definitely, I mean, I definitely felt that I felt, yeah, I felt uh, a lot of support. Yeah. I was going to say too, like we had, yeah, we did have really amazing teachers, um, in our high school that we went to and, um, it wasn't for their lack of reaching out or, you know, accessibility, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. my own, I guess, insecurities and not, sure. um, not engaging as much, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, you know, certainly always admiration for their passion and dedication for their craft and for, for us as students. Yeah. Now, now, Brian, you mentioned that you did, um, that you did theater. Yes. Um, Mario, what, what kind of stuff did you do like at school or like extracurricular wise or, or, or like clubs and stuff like that? What were, what were you into? I guess is my question when you were in high school. Um, I did, I was really active in my church outside of school. And mm-hmm. so that kind of youth group, um, running, you know, retreats or organizing activities, um, took some of my time and then um I participated in band in mm-hmm. high school um what did you play uh percussion mallet mm. percussion oh awesome I, um, I was also in percussion in band <laughs> in high school. I played the piano growing up and so wanted to kind of be part of music in high school and the you know transition to mallet percussion was um mm-hmm. easy in that regard I guess um yeah and I worked um during high school as well at a daycare center uh Continuing that was with... always the plan. <laughs> yeah, had to get that TV somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess uh, my youth uh, youth group and then active, you know, we went to a Catholic high school as well. And so mm-hmm. the was active in kind of the liturgy piece of high school as well. Gotcha. Um, so so how did you two meet? I know you said that you met you met through school, so you went to the same school together. But I'm curious about the... The, the sort of the play-by-play of how all that happens. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we, uh, so sophomore year, um, uh, we kind of knew each other, but just as kind of casual classmates. And then one morning I came into school and girl came over and said, uh, would you go to the semi-formal with me? And I said uh, very smoothly, I'll have to think about it. <laughs> Worst first period ever. Yeah. Yeah. I can um, imagine. Which, I mean, uh, thank, thank goodness that she really wanted to go with me. Otherwise, yeah. that would have been a, a really bad answer. Um, I'll have to think about it. Yeah. I mean, in my defense, we really didn't know each other. Um, sure. And sure. so uh, I remember very clearly, uh, first period that day, I took an algebra test or a quiz. Uh, probably did very well on it. And sure. <laughs> then next class after that, I think we had English together. Yeah. Um, and uh, sat next to each other. And I walked and I said, yes, I'd, I'd like to go with you. Um, and so uh, then kind of just that was, uh, yeah, that, then we went to the dance together and started dating. And, and 18 years later. 18 years later, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Wow. When did you guys get married? Uh, uh, 2008. Yeah. So, um, year after college, just right out of college, yeah. Gotcha. So, you had been dating for what, six, seven, eight? Yeah, seven years or eight years. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Wow. And you were together throughout those, so throughout college. Did you go to different colleges? Same. Same college. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. We both went to Providence. Um, and, um, 
you know, we had separate friend groups, but a, a lot of overlap and, and certainly spent most of our time together. Yeah. And uh, wasn't always the uh, the easiest, but sure. Um, I think we're, we're better off for it now. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we're very lucky, very happy. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you have two children. Yes. Yes. We do. Yes. And they are awesome. Just awesome. They, that is true. They are awesome. I can and loving school. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Perfect. Everything is shaping up the way that it, uh, everything is shaping up the way that it needs to. Awesome. Um, so I'd like to shift gears a little bit and ask you guys um, to think about the ways in which we uh, as educators fail our students or the way as we as, as an education system, um, sort of thinking more in a more macro sense, fail our students and uh, and sort of, I guess, what, what that what that looks like when it happens either on a macro sense or in, in individual classrooms. So whoever wants to begin in this case can can go ahead and start. Um, sure. So one one thing that I, I think is uh, kind of a sign when we, we fail students is it, it's just a failure to strike strike balance in terms of uh, expecting too much or too little. Uh, and in a, a recent episode I was listening of, of one of your your shows uh, made me think about it. And um, it, we have to remember that um, sometimes we have to remember that they're kids and, and they're not they're not adults. So we can't expect them to do adult things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they're kids who can do amazing things and often yeah. do do amazing things. And I think giving students the opportunity to do those things is sometimes left out because we don't want to push them too hard because they're kids. And I, I think that that's uh, an easy thing for for teachers to fall into, for administrators to fall into, for parents to fall into. Um, I, I think that that's uh, a hard balance to strike is to really, um, you know, g- give, the, give the students credit for what they're going to be able to do, but at the same time, really make sure that we, we recognize that they are developing their brains, they're developing their independence, they're developing who they are, and and that that has a certain impact on their choices and, and the way that they behave. Um, yeah. And, and then I think just in on a personal level, you know, I I I have felt like I've I've failed students just when I'm when I'm not at my best because I feel like and whatever that means it, on a certain day, whether I'm tired because I stayed up you know, watching something on TV or I. I didn't didn't get something graded when I said I was going to, and I, I'm not mm-hmm. not delivering for them um, at at a hundred percent, just because I I I want to set that that example of 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 kind of giving them everything I've got um, at all times, and yeah, you know, for the most part, students are are pretty understanding and forgiving about that. Um, yeah, oftentimes much more forgiving than we are. Yes, like for ourselves. Definitely, I think I think we're harder on ourselves than than we should be. And again, maybe that's the balance. Like right? you got to be hard yeah. on yourself, but not too hard on yourself. Um, so I think I think sometimes just missing balance there is probably a major way that we fail everything. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, that's great. And I would say, um, I think times we both on a smaller scale and a larger scale fail students when we make assumptions. So mm-hmm. whether that be with grouping students or with individual students and making assumptions about what they can or can't do or about what's going on at home or um, I think just any kind of assumption that we make without really knowing is... Um, 
is just kind of detrimental to the whole process. And I think um, just speaks to how much teaching is such a human thing and that both, you know, we are human, obviously, and um, but that, you know, we have these, for me, little bodies in front of us and that they come from homes that have their own stories. And so I think it's important to get to know each of those students and to not assume, um, you know, we, we fall into, we, we see so many students that we fall into patterns like this behavior must be this because of this reason. Yeah. And, um, and that's not necessarily the case. And I think um, good teachers really try to get to know their students and their students' families and backgrounds and not to make assumptions, but to just, you know, arrive at what, what whatever's there and, yeah. you know, and try to move whatever's there forward in a more positive direction, yeah, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's so, yeah, I that, that, that really resonates with me, especially now, sort of where I am in, in the semester, because we just, we just started school like two, two or three weeks ago. Um, so I'm really, I've really been in the process of like trying to figure out like who my students are and sort of figuring out like the, the dynamics that exist in my classes. And I am always reminded this around this time of year, just like how often I, I do make assumptions about my students yeah. and yeah. how like you make those snap judgments based on like you know, who they're, who they hang out with or the way that they present themselves or the way they performed on one assignment or or something like that. Um, Well, and and we have, I think it's natural to some degree because we have so many students in front of us and so many decisions to make throughout the day that if we are able to categorize, then things become easier. And so we make assumptions in order to categorize students or groups of students and you know something that worked with a group of students that presented in this way in the past and so you'd yeah. like to assume that that will then work right. you right, know with right. this particular group um totally. i guess it's just more being willing to you can have the assumptions but being being willing and and really wanting to work through them and work past right. them yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah you know it can, it can be a fine starting point for something right. like that right. you know especially if you're looking to support students right um but then realizing that that they're often going to be faulty or at least mm-hmm. uh, incomplete. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, like, again, like, I'm just thinking about, like, my own, like, classes right now, and there are definitely situations where I was like, oh, like, I wasn't expecting that out of the student. Yeah. So, like, that is not what I pegged the student to be. And you, what you said, Marielle, about saying, like, you have so many students in front of you, and the problem is also that you have so many students behind you, right? Like, you have right, so many right, students right. you've dealt with, and it's so right. easy to be like, ah, yes, like, this student really reminds me of this student I had, like, yes. two years ago. Yes. And then, you know, three days later, you're like, oh, my God, they are not like that student at all. Like, what was <laughs> I thinking? That's especially... Because they were wearing, like, a similar shirt to them. Or something like that. <laughs> that's definitely a trap too with siblings i mean that's oh yeah yeah yes. that's 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 one i've had a few times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely do either of you have siblings uh i have a younger brother and sister yes i do gotcha. not have siblings gotcha mm-hmm. were you like as in terms of like what you were like in school and like as as a student were you like were there similarities with with you brian or did you did you feel like that ever played into like well, so you said they're they're both younger. They're both younger, so I didn't oh, have okay. to deal with it. Um, <laughs> right. And and there's um there's like a, a, a four or five year gap between uh, me and my my next next youngest. So there was mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a cooling off period. Um, but but both my brother and sister were were also excellent students. Um, gotcha. And and I, I our interests all fell differently. I was math. My my sister more. 
uh, humanities, my, my brother more science. So we kind of all had our specialty areas uh, yeah. anyways. Um, but um, so yeah, they didn't I, fall I, victim to that. that exactly. Trap exactly. None of them were trying to be to be a mathematician. So sure. Um, right. A thespian slash mathematician. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that special hybrid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Mariel, do you, I, I'm wondering if you're sort of like what you said about um, like assumptions and, and like the negative effects that can have on students. Is that at all informed by like your experience um, like as a special educator? Like I'm curious if that's something that you sort of witness a lot of in terms of like the assumptions that you know, people make about kids with, with learning differences or even like other teachers make about students with learning differences. Yeah, I um, I think that uh, being a special education teacher has uh, was really important for me. And I think um, especially then transitioning to general education is, you know, my role being in inclusion was to kind of see the general education through each of the students on my caseload, like through their lens. So this individual student would struggle with, you know, reading or another would struggle with anxiety. And I have to kind of put myself in their shoes and anticipate what they might struggle with in that lesson. Not to say that they're not allowed to struggle, but just Mm -hmm. that you know, supporting them so that their struggle matches that of their peers Mm -hmm. and not, you know, so much more that they are, you know, are feeling like they're drowning. And so I think that that has really given me perspective, I guess, in terms of how many different access points there are to a lesson and how many different ways kids might stumble or might succeed in a particular subject or area or with an instructional technique or anything like that. And so, yeah, and I think you can, you know, I've been lucky to work with a lot of awesome teachers who, um, you know, I've not, I've not worked with teachers who are, you know, completely shut off just working with students with disabilities or sharing that responsibility. Um, which, you know, I know is, uh, is not always the case, Um, But I do feel pretty passionate about understanding the differences that other people are going through and about teaching my students to understand differences and uh, to build empathy and, Mm -hmm. you know, especially now, not only for disabilities, but for, you know, social emotional differences and um, different cultural differences. Yeah, like you don't know where other people are coming from or, you know, what they're dealing with and not only should you not judge that, but you should get to know them <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and acknowledge and affirm the differences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brian, I have, I have two questions for you. Um, sure. The first one is, is I'm curious about the experience of being married to a special education teacher and sort of like the impact that that has had on like how you approach like students with learning differences or learning disabilities. Like, mm-hmm. is that sort of like enrich your own understanding of sort of how to handle that? Um, uh, yeah. Or, or is that something that you kind of came t- into teaching like with an awareness of? Uh, I'd say I probably didn't have much of an awareness of it. Um, you know, just uh, which is a fault of my own, but definitely, you know, seeing the work that Marielle did and, and, and talking to her and just having normal conversations with her, it, it really did help me have, um, an appreciation for the, the difficulty, um, of the work that she and other special educators do every day. Um, and, 
and, and it also made me um, definitely, uh, I guess, more in tune with, with what some of the needs of my students were. I also have been been blessed with, uh, for the first 11 years that I, I taught, I, I co-taught um, inclusion classes uh, mm. with uh, pretty amazing special educators uh, as well. Uh, Shanna for the first six years and Caroline for the next five years after that. And uh, both just amazing to work with, super dedicated to their students and all students in the class, not, not just um, students who uh, were, were getting the uh, required support. Um, and, and so I, I, I definitely think being married to Marielle uh, informed a lot of, of, of how I viewed uh, that profession. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that happens a lot um, is, uh, and Marielle kind of kind of spoke about it, is um, it's okay if, if students who uh, have special needs struggle. It's just that their struggle should be equivalent to 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 all students. And I think yeah. there's a a misunderstanding and assumptions against a lot of special educators that they're there to. Um, to, to, to give answers or to, to, yeah. to, to help the kids unfairly. And it really is about leveling the playing field. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very sensitive to that um, based partially based on my relationship with Marielle and, and the other special educators, like I said, that I've worked with. Yeah. Um, but in, in terms of, of working with students uh, directly, I've always just bounced ideas off of Marielle and asked for advice. And, and yeah. certainly my other co-teachers were, uh, on top of that as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that that's going to tap into something I'll ask about uh, very shortly. But uh, Brian, I, my my other question for you, Marielle kind of tapped into a little bit about sort of her process of transitioning, sort of into like you know from special ed into into general ed. And I'm I'm curious about your experience um, of transitioning into into your new role. And then Marielle, we can also go back to you and sort of like talk about how you know you might there might be some similarities there and sort of like the process that both of you are going through because it sounds like both of you are, are in the process of transitioning to these new roles <laughs> yes. and these new, which is really, it's amazing how that happens. I don't know if that was planned at all, but it's amazing how, how life can play out sometimes. Um, yeah, well, it's, um, so I was a math teacher for the first uh, 11 and a half years of my teaching career um, and then had uh, an opportunity based on kind of uh, some dominoes that were falling. There was a, an open position uh, at the, the school I was teaching at for um, uh, in, in instructional technology. Uh, it was more of a, a kind of a, a teacher coaching role, um, which is going to take me out of my own classroom and, and into other teachers' classrooms to work with them and, and therefore work with students. Um, and I gave it a lot of thought, and it was uh, not an easy, easy decision. Talk to Marielle about it, talk to my siblings about it. Um, and in the end, um, the, the the decision was that it was pretty pretty clear in the end. I really wanted to do it. I was very interested in it. Um, the hardest part of it was leaving mid year. Uh, when I first started thinking about it, uh, I wasn't totally sure when the position was going to take take hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I got really invested in it, then it became clear that it was going to be uh, as soon as possible. Gotcha. And so in uh, in April or so, you know, three quarters of the way through the year, um, I had to tell my classes that I was not going to be finishing the year with them. And oh. that was one of the worst days I've ever had teaching. Uh, yeah. I broke down in tears. Uh, it makes me sad thinking about it right now, honestly. Yeah. Um, 
uh, a lot, all those students or almost all those students are still in the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I get to see them all pretty often and, uh, they'll give me a hard time. They'll, they'll tell me <laughs> I abandoned them and, <laughs> right, and everything, right. <laughs> but, but they, they all ultimately ask how I'm doing and, yeah. and, and ask how I enjoy the new position. And I, and I really do love it. Um, it's, it's tough to not be working directly with the same students every day, but I, I get to work with amazing teachers that I, hadn't even met after being at the school for five years yeah uh it's, yeah. A, it's a big school it's it's our math department was like 18 or 19 people wow and so we pretty much were departmentalized and i had awesome math colleagues that i got to work with but i never really ventured too far out of that corridor yeah uh so getting to work with the other teachers um and then meeting those students that i wouldn't get to to see on a daily basis um has been really rewarding. I feel like I'm yeah. learning a ton. Uh, every day is different. And I, I mean, I've always been kind of excited to wake up and go to school, but it's been reinvigorated yeah. um, since taking this over. So yeah. it's, it's, it's been a, it was a tough transition in leaving uh, what I was doing because I loved it. And I, I still consider myself a, a math teacher in a sense, but just now, now my focus is on, is on tech. So Uh, it's been a good change though yeah that's awesome i'm definitely someone who's always like we talk about change and i'm uh i like to change (laughs) things up a lot sometimes brian will come home and i've changed the furniture around or um just because i don't know just a different perspective i guess and so uh Yeah. yeah we talk about different positions or challenges and um i think it's important to change it up every once in a while to you know be uncomfortable to grow yourself to try something else and yeah you know yeah and sort of yeah and i mean probably like in any aspect like whatsoever i mean obviously you're doing it in a large well both of you are doing it are doing sort of like large changes right in terms of like new positions and new types of like education um but for some people that also just looks like a new school or like transitioning from like a day school to a boarding school but i think it is important to like really keep it keep it fresh i mean right not that there's anything wrong with those teachers who like stay this at the same place for a really long time and sort of become like you know monuments at at their yes. respective schools. <laughs> um, I kind of admire those people because I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm uh, I don't have that like nature, and I feel like that's yeah. awesome to have that kind of like dedication to um, to really perfecting that right craft. And right. I think it just comes down to your personality and just what you yeah. you know what you find rewarding and what keeps you what keeps you going <laughs> yeah yeah and what positions you find yourself in that just happen to align with like yeah, what you want right. at a given time yeah yeah um mario how, how would you sort of characterize your transition like broadly speaking at, at at this point was there any part of you that was like nervous or kind of like sad to be making the transition from special education to, to general ed um i guess that for at I I think I was super excited. Like I've always wanted to be in general ed and um, just going for my, the double major ended up in special ed and, um, and feel really blessed to have worked in special ed for 10 years. I feel like that has made me a, a better general ed teacher, Um, but was really excited. And then all of a sudden, like right before was like, wait, am I like capable of doing this? Because <laughs> I have, is, which is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> because I've always been in a room with somebody else. And so now yeah. it's like just me. Um, but 
the last three years that I was a special ed teacher, I was co-teaching. So it was myself and a general general ed teacher in the same room all day. And we had 21 students and some were on IEPs. And um, myself and that teacher, Kelly, we really clicked and have similar philosophies and um, just got along really well and had a, we have a great professional relationship. And you, um, you always said it felt like a real partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we, yeah. um, moving into general ed, we're now, uh, team teachers. And so our classrooms oh, awesome. are right next to each other. And, uh, both of us really enjoyed the co-teaching. And so, uh, we kind of designed our schedule, um, and share our students so that we kind of co-teach in two rooms. And so, wow. um, the I think the transition was much easier just being with some, you know, the same person and kind of just it seemed like a natural like way to expand what we had kind of grown into and developed ourselves. And um, and it's been uh, incredibly rewarding just for yeah. a year and, you know, the last three weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great that you can sort of, like, bring, like, that large aspect, like, that partnership with you in some ways, too, like, this new this new form. Because those right. partnerships are really, they're hard to come by, you know? Yeah, like I think, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely had, like, co-teaching or, like, team teaching experiences that, for a myriad of reasons, just didn't really work out that right, well. Right. And it can be, like, a real, it can be a real drag, right? Mm-hmm. Just right. because, you know. It's a whole nother person or a whole nother thing that you have to factor in to, yes. like, every aspect of your teaching. So right. when those partnerships are, they, when they really work, it's great to be able to hold on to them to some yeah. degree. Yeah. That's great. Um, I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit about sort of what your experience has been like, just broadly speaking, as being a family of, of teachers. Um, I think it's just, like, such a unique thing. And I, I know a lot of a lot of people who teach and, and, and they're married and they're, you know, they... Um, sort of have like that those those similarities but i'm just curious about like what and i realize that you don't know anything different right like, you never <laughs> think like this is what everyone people. does john <laughs> right right um but yeah i guess like i'm just like curious about what like if you notice any like particularities or any sort of like idiosyncrasies that come with like being you know like married to another teacher or um there's anything that's sort of like unique about that you know in, in terms of like what you've witnessed like with colleagues who you know aren't married to teachers or or, or anything like that is, is kind of fair game but i'm just curious about sort of like your large takeaways if if you have them i realize well, i'm asking you like a very like abstract sort of like yeah, that's okay. <laughs> question that's yeah. forcing you to step outside of yourself i'd say well first um the schedule and family time is awesome yeah. um mm-hmm. Just, you know, we see this with friends, you know, we have a lot of friends who are teachers and um, some who are married to teachers and some who aren't, but we um, feel really lucky to both, you know, be home in the afternoons with our kids and to have family, you know, to have school vacations off together and, you know, to have our whole summer, obviously that, you know, leaves room for Exeter where we work in the summer and just moving there and kind of participating in that together as a family. Um, And so I would say that that's really the biggest or one of the biggest positives of being educators is, or both having the same kind of profession, I guess, would be the similar schedule in that sense. Um, And then I guess I feel like we, you know, we're always talking about work and yeah, it's nice to have somebody else to like bounce ideas off of and to, yep. I feel like we, uh, we challenge each other a lot in terms of, 
you know, if we're talking about something that's going on at school and problem solving and just asking questions and um, it's nice to to have someone who understands the challenges that you're going through but also gets excited about the same things like yeah you know back to school time is really exciting in our yeah. in our house yeah, and uh, right. um, and it's funny because our kids I think you know you talk about not knowing any different like Nolan when he, I can remember when he was like two or three and was like, when I get big, I'm going to wear a tie and teach my kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. um, just like, that's what it means to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, we're very lucky that, that they, both kids love the idea of school and we, that's we, great. we went down. Uh, so far. It's early So far. On, yeah. Course. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's right, easy right. to love it in first grade. Um, <laughs> And we, we went back to 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 see their school, you know, right before the start of the school year, and and, and you know, Nolan walks into his classroom and just takes a deep breath, takes it all, and is like, "It's good to be back." <laughs> and, and it's like, it's like, you know, this this is a kid who feels at home in a school, and yeah. and, and we we love that. I mean, yeah. we we consider consider ourselves very lucky there. Um, I know in terms of what it will be like raising raising kids as teachers you know and and seeing what they're like as students um yeah. you know my my students have always asked like what what if what if your son's not good at math right or, or <laughs> what if what if he really likes english i'll say well yeah then good for him like that's and, <laughs> right, and i right. right now i i think i have this this ideal idealism about myself like yeah i'm just gonna encourage him to do his best and you know, sure. not not emphasize grades and just you know, are you trying hard? Are you having fun? And you know, so far that's been successful. But we're we're gonna see. I think see. we're I guess aware that um, as teachers, sometimes you can put this extra pressure on mm-hmm. your kids, or maybe they feel it even though it's not there. And I think, or you you know, you see how important like you know, reading at home or all these like extra things are at home. And I think we're, are, are conscious of uh, not imposing that yeah. kind of extra bit and just allowing them to enjoy learning as we did yeah. and supporting it, but not uh, pushing it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just having, just having that awareness is huge, right? Like not just assuming like, oh, like there are no differences, right? Like right. they're kids right. and we're right. parents, but there, there could potentially, there is that potential for like some sort of like extra pressure or right. like, you know, Definitely. implied embedded pressure. But I mean, most of my, I, I love having like faculty, we refer to as faculty brats uh, in, in my classes. Like they're, yeah. they tend to be just like awesome, awesome kids. Yeah. Um, so I think there's something you're you're probably working with a good foundation there. <laughs> and obviously, as you said, your kids are fantastic and absolutely adorable. I, I love sitting with you guys and in, uh, in the in the dining hall because your kids are just an absolute an absolute riot. Dinner and a show. It is truly yeah. Um, how how has having children, um, or I guess my question is, has having children changed the way that you teach in any way, or sort of the way that you view education? Yeah. Um... For me, uh, and it's a little bit different now in the new in the new spot. But when I was uh, classroom teacher, you know, every every night I'd sit down and do grading and planning, and, and it just that was kind of my my nightlife uh, was was doing that. And when I had when we had Nolan uh, at a certain point, I just said, you know what, that's that's the priority, and you know, just became more efficient with my prep time at school. Um, and, yeah. and, and just realized if something doesn't get done, it, it, 
it doesn't get done because it's 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 family time. Uh, so so personally, yeah. that that was a big, I think, big change for me. Um, it also, I mean, I was still teaching, you know, high high up, uh, you know, juniors and seniors in high school. So um, it also kind of helped me feel even more of a separation. Uh, like a healthy separation from from students because I, I was still on the younger end of uh, of the faculty, so I was still closer in age to a lot of students than I was to my colleagues. But I was a dad, so it was a totally different um, kind of different separation there, um, which which felt kind of useful. <laughs> it was good. So right for me, I think it uh, gave me a better perspective. I think as a teacher. Um, understanding the parent as well. Um, and I think I think that can sometimes be, you know, I go back to like assumptions that teachers, you know, obviously not all teachers, but teachers can sometimes make assumptions about parents or families or, um, yeah. and, you know, I think um, especially being in special education and, um, or, you know, just even in general, there so many meetings or just the, parent contact and I think being a parent helps you to understand the other perspective as well and that it's not like teacher versus parent but that you are both ideally working on this the child's team and that right and that if there's you know mistrust or whatever that it you know it's coming from the parents like deep concern for their children and so like I think being a parent had like kind of put that into perspective for me that like if that was my kid on that side of the you know that I would also want to push and find answers and solutions to things and so I think it gave me a better um, appreciation for the team approach I think to to education yeah like it reinforces how large the stakes are I I think actually one of my guests on on the podcast I think it was actually Sam my, my first guest um, said something along the lines of, like, she realized at some point that, especially for those of us who teach in private school, though for public school it's the same, I guess, with taxpayer dollars, but we as teachers are working with their their two most valuable resources in right. some sense. Their, yeah. You know, their money and their children. And their kids. Right? <laughs> and it's just like that's – there's a lot that they're putting into yeah, and there's a lot yeah. that they're – that they're sort of trusting us with, so the stakes are pretty big. So you can understand why in some cases you might feel like – you know, what you might perceive as like the boundaries are being pushed or they might, you know, you might be dealing with like these negative interactions. Um, You might be dealing with like their own assumptions, like the assumptions of parents about like what you're doing or stuff like that. But I'm sure that having children kind of reinforces that. No, they're just they're We're all just fighting for our lives at the end of the day. And we want our kids to, you know, turn out okay in the end. (laughs) Generally speaking, it's always with the best intentions like from both from both sides. So that's that's what usually happens. Yeah, that's great. Um, so moving into into the final stages here, um, I would love to hear from from both of you just about something that you each, or I guess collectively, um, just might find yourself reminding yourself of at this point in in your time as educators, or sort of large takeaways that you've had from from your time as as teachers. Um, if there's any sort of like piece of advice that you would give to uh, someone who is just starting uh, as, as an educator, or someone who's like you know coming along who has been, you know, in the profession for a while and would say, like, what is the one thing that I need to keep in mind as I navigate this this profession? And I realize that's a lot, so no, it's, no pressure. Um, 
That's a, that's a good question. Um, mind if I start? Go for it. Okay. Um, More think time for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, I think one thing that I, I always recognized, um, was almost, almost 100% of the time I would be the person in the room with the most enthusiasm for mathematics. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I, I wasn't, you know, I, even when I was teaching the the honors calculus courses, like I, it still, I, my my level of enthusiasm for it was was beyond most of the other other uh, people in the room, and that's beyond most people in general. Okay, yes, right. that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that that I, I I got to be okay with that, and yeah. um, I actually took that on as as a bit of a challenge for myself to say, listen, I I know I'm not working with people who love math or are as good as math as I am. Um, but I want to make them feel like they can do it and that they yeah. want to do it. And so um, one of the, I think, and this is something that I've got gotten to experience is teaching in high school that um, uh, middle school teachers and elementary school teachers don't necessarily get to experience. Uh, really rewarding experience is uh, being asked to write college uh, recommendations Mm-hmm. And uh, typically, you know, students will either have a conversation with me or uh, fill out like a kind of a biographical form and uh, hand that in uh, after they ask me and, and I say that I'm happy to write it. And a large percentage of them, you know, indicate something of I never really liked math, but y- you made it interesting or you made it yeah. you made it uh, real. You made you made it fun. And. And so I got something out of it. And I think it's so important for all teachers to to display that enthusiasm, to, to, to really, if it means you go over the top sometimes, that's fine, but it still has to be genuine. It, it, yeah. you, can, you can exaggerate, but it has to be genuine because kids, kids feed off of that enthusiasm, that passion that you have, um, whatever the subject area. Uh, and that, that makes, that's, that's over half the battle. If you if you can if you can get them feeling that way and recognizing why you're there is is because you love what you do. I mean, that that to me, it, it's such a, a solid place to start. And, and that's yeah. that's what I would say is really important, um, whether you're a new teacher about to start or you've been teaching for 35 years and you're about to, to hang them up, just remain enthusiastic, you know, demonstrate your passion. That 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 yeah. I think is so important. Yeah. Well, in some ways, it's it's probably reassuring, or no, I know that it's reassuring because you, if your if your goal is to like translate the same level of enthusiasm for your subject or the same level of knowledge of your subject, like that's just to, you know to a group of between whatever 12, 17, 18, sometimes twenty five, thirty kids, like that's just not going to happen. It's right. impossible. Yep. Um, but again, creating like that, it, just being able to create that environment in which they feel like they can give it a shot or they feel like they enjoy the class like more than they've enjoyed their previous whatever math classes or, or English classes. Um, like that's very manageable. Yes. And it's ultimately more worthwhile because we're trying mm-hmm. to create experiences here in addition to, you know, uh, passing on skills or right. cultivating skills. Yeah. K- killing yeah. math phobia is, is was one of the things I tried to do, you know, <laughs> just, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's great. And I would say uh, 
plan. I'm a big planner, I guess, <laughs> organization. Uh, but then uh, be present. And so I think mm-hmm. we can kind of get caught up in the day or in following the plan that we've made. Um, yeah. But it's really important to just be present. And so obviously planning makes it more possible to be present and enjoy the moment. Um, But even if you're not, you know, feeling like you're the best plan that you can be, I think being present with your students and having the conversation. And um, I think what Brian said too, it's, you are genuine, you are there, you are just uh, showing them that they're valued just by giving them your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, I could agree with that more. That's awesome. And they notice that, right? Like they notice right. when you're yeah. when you're fully present with them versus when you're when you're not. And they you, appreciate that. I mean, you could plan a super awesome lesson. And if you're rushing through it and you're just presenting the information, then it doesn't matter how well you've planned if right. you're mm-hmm. not there and just being in through your teaching yeah yeah that's great i love it awesome so um we're gonna move into the very final stage of of the podcast um at this point as as a as listeners of the podcast you know you know what is coming um yes, yes we do so i'm gonna offer <laughs> i'm going to offer you a a, a challenge um and that challenge is uh is i'd, I'd like each of you to um attempt to capture your essence as as an educator um, to the best of your ability in in 30 seconds um i thought about so many different ways that i could do this like creatively and work with like the two of you maybe do like talk <laughs> i was about wondering you if you were gonna have us like talk over each other <laughs> yeah for yeah the at the same seconds. time or maybe do like every every other word or something like that um no but i decided like, it's best to just you know stick with the stick with the format so um we'll start with you we'll start with you brian um sure sounds good so i'll have i'll throw 30 seconds on on the clock i will let you know when you have 10 seconds left um and just whatever whatever comes to mind in terms of okay. capturing your your essence as as an educator, sounds good. All right, all right. I'm gonna throw us three seconds on the clock, and we'll go ahead and start in three, two, one, go. Uh, I am a passionate educator. Uh, I come to school equipped with uh, a sense of humor, a willingness to try new things, a willingness to make a fool of myself if it makes people feel comfortable. Uh, I believe that challenging people to do something that they didn't think they could do before is important, uh, and they might even have a little bit of fun along the way and learn a few things. Perfect. Awesome. What do you think, Mario? What grade would you give that? Uh... A minus. A minus. This okay. should be a standards based grading system. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, um, what I'm going to have you do, Brian, uh, now is I'm going to have you do that again, capture your essence as an educator to the best of your abilities, but this time I'd like you to do it in 10 seconds. All right. All right. 10 seconds on the clock, and we'll count you in in three, two, one, go. Uh, I am enthusiastic about what I teach and who I teach. Uh, with a little bit of energy, everyone can get something out of the lesson. Wonderful. Awesome. Now what I'd like you to do is just capture your essence as an educator to the best of your ability using just one single word. Enthusiasm. Perfect. 
I had a feeling. I had a feeling you might say that. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Some someone on your show stole it the other day. I was not happy about. It. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I don't remember which one. I was listening back, but Ugh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Well, <laughs> it holds true for what it's for what it's worth to me. Um, awesome, Mariel, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna go back to thirty seconds. So throwing thirty seconds on the clock. Go ahead and count you in. In three, two, one, go. So as a teacher, uh, I feel like it's important to help my students to grow, to be the uh, best that they can be in terms of their, you know, academics, but also their uh, emotional and social uh, selves, and then to be happy and comfortable with that self that they become. That's wonderful. I love that. Um, Brian, would you like to assess... Give give Marielle a grade. Exemplary. 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 Exceeds expectations. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks. I like how we're working with the yeah, we should do maybe 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 narrative narrative comments <laughs> giving right. our uh, giving our roots at, at Exeter. That's right. Um, wonderful. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and have you do that again okay. uh, in ten seconds. Ten seconds around the clock, and I will count you in in three, two, one, go. As an educator, I try to help my students understand uh, themselves and better themselves. Perfect. Now I'd like you to just capture your essence as an educator in one perfect word. Empowerment. That's awesome. That's awesome. She didn't take one that's been, uh, been taken yet. Brian, she, she was original. (laughs) She's done her homework. That's true. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. This has been so, so cool. Uh, I'm so glad to have had the two of you on. Um, this went this has been even, awesome, even better than I was uh, than I was expecting, um, <laughs> though I was expecting it to go very well. Um, <laughs> it's very clear that you two um, are fantastic educators in your own unique ways, but also there are definitely some similarities, and you definitely share like very similar values, um, which I'm sure is what makes you such a, a power couple of, of educators, which I, I love to see. <laughs> Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you. My thanks to Brian and Marielle for their time and thoughtfulness and for sharing so much of themselves and their life together during our conversation. This podcast was created and hosted by me, John LeMay. Our associate producer is Emily Moeller. Our cover art is by Katie Cooper. And our theme music is You Need a Visa by Really From. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next Thursday for another episode featuring another teacher and another story.